0: Could the Tennessee Titans be the ideal landing spot for Desmond Ritter? How would you feel if Desmond Ritter got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers? And just maybe the best case scenario for Sauce Gardner is that Derek Stingley Jr., the quarterback from LSU, is picked ahead of him in the NFL draft. All of that on today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcast. If you're watching on the Locked On Bearcats YouTube channel, don't forget to like or first subscribe, and then like and share a comment on the video. And if, or rather, if you're downloading from any audio platform, Apple Spy, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, don't forget to like, share, comment, and give it a rating. All of that helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. Alex Frank, here with you. It's Wednesday, April 27th of 2022. The NFL Draft is one day away from officially being open, as Commissioner Raj Goodell would like to, likes to say. And yesterday, I had on Caroline Fenton, the host of Lockdown LSU, and by the way, that was an absolutely outstanding conversation. That that was a great, great show, I thought. And and major thank you to her to uh, coming on the show once again. There is a possibility, and I don't know if this is going to happen, but Desmond Ritter could end up being drafted by the Tennessee Titans. The Titans have the 26th pick in this year's draft. Desmond Ritter may still be around at pick number 26. The quarterback class is not as talented, and I'm not saying that Ritter's not talented, but the quarterback class is not as talented as it has been in years past. And there are other positions that are much deeper, and I believe a majority of those players will go. And I don't necessarily think many quarterbacks are going to go in round one. There may not be a quarterback taken to the top ten. So Desmond Ritter could still be around very easily come pick number 26. And I look at the Tennessee Titans as an ideal landing spot for Desmond Ritter. I really do. Because, A, it's close to Louisville. And that article that I mentioned on yesterday's show that was written by Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer, he mentioned how it's very important to him and his girlfriend Claire and his daughter Leighton where he plays. Is it close to Cincinnati? Is it close to family? Nashville not that far. It's not that far from Cincinnati. Heck, it's only three hours away from Louisville. So that matters. That would be an ideal spot, ideal landing spot for him in that regard. And then you look at the Tennessee Titans as a team. The Tennessee Titans last year were 12-5. and five. They were the number one seed in the AFC. They were battered by injuries all season. At one point, I think they had used 91 different players during the season. 91! That's almost like a college football roster. So, the Titans have talent. We know Derrick Henry is the best running back in football. Their receiving core, I think, is really good. A.J. Brown, we know he's fantastic. We know Julio Jones is... Still serviceable. He's not what he used to be, I don't think. He also was injured last year. There's Westbrook Akina. There's Anthony Ferkser. There's Swain, the tight end. Or Jeff Swain, I think is his name, the tight end. There is a lot to like with that Tennessee offense. And I think Desmond Ritter could fit right in. Because one thing that Tennessee is, is an offense. Contrary to what Julio Jones may have given them prior to the start of last season. They're a run first team. And they always will be. You look at the great running backs that have come through that franchise before Derrick Henry. You, go back, you can go all the way back to Earl Campbell. This franchise, that franchise is going to lean on the run game. And what's one thing that Desmond Ritter had his first two seasons at Cincinnati? Michael Warren. Bell Cow running back could tote the leather 35 times a game. Heck, in his first game, Michael Warren um, had 35 carries. In Desmond Ritter's very first game as a Bearcat, he had 35 carries, Michael Warren. The run game helped Desmond Ritter get acclimated to running in offense. That can be very much the same in the NFL. Derrick Henry, yes, he's coming off a foot injury, but damn it, when he's healthy, he's the best running back in football, and it isn't even close. Back to back, two thousand yards. Or I'm sorry, Um, back to back years he led the league in rushing, 2019 and 2020, and he had to over two thousand yards in 2020. So there is an absolute ideal fit for Desmond Ritter in Tennessee. Now, Mike Vrabel is the head coach. You heard Caroline on the on the show yesterday talk about how Luke Fickle and Mike Vrabel are best friends. They play together at Ohio State. They're at each other's weddings. So he's going to go to a team that has a good head coach. I know there are criticisms towards Mike Vrabel. But you look at what he's done since he's since he's gotten to Nashville. All he has done is make the playoffs three straight years, two division titles, which prior to 2020, excuse me, prior to 2020, the Tennessee Titans had only won one. Division title since 2002. One. Since the AFC South was formed in 2002, for the first 18 years, Tennessee won precisely two division titles. They've won two under Mike Vrabel since 2018. They've been a number one seed. They've been to the AFC Championship. And I know they've lost their last two playoff games. But there's talent on that team. And oh, by the way, what also... Helped Desmond Ritter his freshman season in Cincinnati. A great defense, particularly a great defensive line. Oh, all right. Well, look at the Tennessee defensive line <clears throat> Bud Dupree, Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, the second, or is it the third? Whatever. Harold Landry. And if you saw the Titans' defensive line against the Bengals in the playoffs, <laughs> man, nine sacks. I mean, I saw it firsthand. I was at that game. Um, that, that would help Desmond Ritter a lot because it would take the pressure off him. You want to be able to not, to not be thrusted in to the, to a situation where you have to throw the ball 60 times a game. You don't want to have to do what Joe Burrow had to do or Deshaun Watson had to do. Now, those two quarterbacks are very, very good. And they, they both now have, or uh, I should say Burrow at least, has a run game to lean on. Watson really didn't have that. But they, but Watson still, his first four seasons in Houston was a really good quarterback. But I want Desmond Ritter to go to Tennessee, Desmond Ritter to go to Tennessee because the pieces around him on offense, the Titans' offensive line, I don't think is otherworldly. I think it's solid. I think it's a major reason. And also you have to remember that I believe Taylor Lewan, did he not play? I don't even remember if he played after week. Something. You have to remember that Tennessee's offense, offensive line is blocking for Derrick Henry. So you know it's solid. You know they can create running lanes. And the Bengals' defense against Tennessee in the in the playoffs. Yes, they made plays. But they didn't really get to Ryan Tannehill that often. They struggled to bring him down. And the run game was was there in that game. So you're going to have a good offensive line. You're going to have a good running game. You're going to have some good receivers to throw the ball to. You're going to have a a legitimate number one wide receiver in A.J. Brown. And even if, as Caroline mentioned yesterday, you don't play your rookie season this year, which that's going to be interesting because I believe Desmond Ritter is a week one starter. Then again, Patrick Mahomes didn't play his first season until the last game of the season. He learned under Alex Smith. And Alex Smith and Ryan Tannehill are somewhat similar quarterbacks in terms of their pedigree and accomplishments and, you know, how big have they won in the playoffs. But, and I think, how many playoff games has Alex Smith won? I believe three. Ryan Tannehill's won two. Okay, so they're very similar. So you can learn under Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback. He's not great. I think he's just good. You can do it worse than him, but you can do a lot better than him. But you can learn under Ryan Tannehill for one season. Learn how to be an NFL quarterback. Learn how to lead an offense. Learn how to work throughout the week. Prepare during the week. Preparing the game plan. Learn how to watch film. Learn all the things that it takes to be a professional quarterback. And you know Ryan Tannehill's a good guy. He's a good man off the field. We know that. You've never heard anything bad about him. He's a leader. I mean, Miami was competitive for several years with him. And had he not gotten injured in 2016, he he was probably going to take that team to the playoffs. They, the Dolphins still ended up making the playoffs, but he would have started in that playoff game. And he's, I mean, heck, it was Tannehill and the Titans who ended the Patriots dynasty. And then they went on the road to Baltimore and smacked them around. Now, did Ryan Tannehill play great that postseason? No. But he certainly played quality football, mistake-free football. There's that. So this would be a great landing spot for Desmond Ritter. And it feels to me, no offense to Ryan Tannehill, that his time might be declining in Tennessee. I talked with Caroline about this yesterday. And if you listen to, after you listen to this show in the afternoons, you listen to Jared Stillman and Caroline Fenton on Stillman and Company, ESPN 1025, The Game in Nashville. If you listen to them, Jared stillman has been talking for months about how Ryan Tannehill is not going to win the Titans a Super Bowl. He's just not. He's, he makes too many mistakes he's not a big game quarterback his identity he's been in the league for 10 years he's won two playoff games he's also lost two playoff games at home to teams the Titans probably should have beaten Baltimore maybe not in 2019 that was't in 2020 rather that was an evenly matched game but 2021 the Bengals I think a lot of people thought the Titans were gonna beat the Bengals by 10 by double digits Heck, I thought the Titans were going to win that game. And I'll, I'll admit that. If they had had a better, if they had had a better quarterback, they'd win that game. It's just their, it's just the Bengals' defense took advantage of three turnovers by Ryan Tannehill. His time is declining since the Titans were five and zero in twenty twenty. By the way, they went six and five the rest of the way that year and lost their playoff game. They were eight and two this year. They finished four and three, and oh by the way, they lost the playoff game. So after a five and zero start and an eight and two start the last two years, Ryan Tannehill led the Titans to finishes of six and six and four and four. It's five hundred. It's ten and ten. So you mean to tell me that he's thirteen and two in the first however many games in the season, but then in the last half of the season he's uh, ten and ten? His time might be declining. Insert Desmond Ritter, and this means he doesn't go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. How would you feel if that happened? I'll explain how I would feel next. But first, I need to tell you about Bill Bar Because this is the time of year that I have pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. Spoiler alert, I never made any. But I'm sticking to my goal of eating right this year thanks to Bill Bar Because it almost feels like it's not really a resolution. Because I actually enjoy eating them. Or a goal, I should say. Remember, I don't make resolutions. Have you tried the puffs? Well, if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best tasting bars. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar; they are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate puffs. Are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors: yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. Bill Bars 100% real chocolate. So. At Bilt Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Bilt.com and use promo code, excuse me, LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15 excuse me, percent off at Bilt.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now, time for a big announcement for the first time ever. Lockdown is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL draft from our studios in Dallas with pick by pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. Two in all three days as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts on Thursday, April 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Available on the Lockdown NFL on YouTube and on the Odyssey app. First round Thursday. I can't wait. Because there's so much unpredictability. I don't know who's going to go number one. The last two years, maybe three, you knew who was going number one. You knew Trevor Lawrence was going number one last year. You knew Joe Burrow was going number one two years ago. You mostly knew Kyler Murray was going number one in 2019. But you didn't know Baker Mayfield was going to go number one in 2018. So there is a lot of uncertainty heading into this year's draft. And there's also a fear that I have, maybe you have too, that Desmond Ritter may go to the Pittsburgh, may get drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this affects me maybe more than it affects you. Because I am just as big a Bengals fan as I am a Bearcats fan. And I've noticed over the years, and that and it might be changing. I think it is, but a a couple years ago. You had those who were bigger Bearcats fans than Bengals fans. You had those who were bigger Reds fans than Bengals fans. You had those who were bigger Bengals fans like myself than Reds fans. You were more of a fan of one team in Cincinnati over another. I think that's changing now because of how good the Bearcats have been. And now the Bengals are going to be around for a long time. They're going to be really good. But I'm just as big a fan of both teams. A, because I went to the University of Cincinnati, I'm a third-generation Bearcat, and B, my family has had season tickets to the Bengals since the very first season in 1968. So it's been so I was brought up and raised through that. So the Bengals mean just as much to me as the Bearcats do. So if Desmond Ritter goes to the Steelers, that's gonna that's gonna eh, I don't know. Because am I gonna be happy for Desmond? Yes. Can I root for Desmond? That's where it gets interesting, because it's weird to me that I'm gonna root for Desmond, but I'm not gonna but I can't root for the team that he plays for. I mean, is it weird that I, is it weird that I do that? if it comes to that? If you do that, if you root for Desmond and throw for three hundred fifty yards and three touchdowns every game, but the Steelers lose every game, yeah, well, best case scenario. Now, then again, Desmond Miller probably won't stick around long if that happens. And, spoiler alert, that's not going to happen because Pittsburgh always finds a way to win nine games a year. Look at this year. So, I feared that he could get drafted by Pittsburgh. I understand the Pittsburgh Steelers need a quarterback. But can you really root for the Steelers? Can you really do that? A franchise that has angered you so much... If you're my age, if you're if you're twenty 23 or somewhere around there, the Steelers have angered you just as much as anything in life. And that's a fact. What they have done to the Bengals franchise, not only beating them consistently, but playing dirty and the playoff game in 2015 and the playoff game in 2005. My first memory as a sports fan was seeing Carson Palmer get carted off the field. In that playoff game. And ever since then, my hatred for the Steelers has been here. So if Desmond Ritter, after all these four years of watching him evolve as a quarterback and a man off the field, he goes to Pittsburgh, it would kind of it would kind of have a sucky feeling to it. Because I've said that I grew I grew up as a college student and young professional, just as Desmond Ritter did. And just as a lot of my friends did at Cincinnati, a lot of my coworkers on my staff of, on our staff at Bearcats Media did. Desmond Ritter came in; he grew the Bearcats football program just like the Bearcats Media sports staff grew, and heck, we grew as individuals. And then he goes to our arch rivals. Now he can't control who he gets drafted by that much. Okay, I will be I will be happy for Desmond if he's drafted by Pittsburgh in the first round because he's a first round pick. But again. It goes back to me being a Bengals fan, having been a Bengals fan since I first got into football in 2006. And he goes to my he goes to the one of the, the perhaps the biggest arch rival to Cincinnati sports, a team that has been a thorn in Cincinnati's side. Well, not anymore because the Bengals kicked their ass last year twice. It just would have a very weird feeling to it. After all these years, and I remember when there was conversation and fans clamored for Ben Bryan to be the starting quarterback. Fans claiming Desmond Ritter was holding the Bearcats' offense back. And I listened to it all. There was validity to it. My successor Bearcats media, Sean McMahon, was all in on it. He was all all in on it before the conversation reached a boiling point. I never really bought into it. For whatever reason and maybe it's because when there's a trend going on i kind of don't want to jump on it right away because look i'm original that's one trait i like about myself is that i'm original and that i you know kind of make my own decisions not what other people are doing not trying to be arrogant or ignorant that's two things i don't want to be but i never really bought into that i saw desmond i saw potential within desmond ritter i saw him as freshman you have a good season I know in 2019, his offensive line was not very good. I know that his shoulder was hurt after week two. I know that the running game wasn't as solid that year. And, you know, sophomore slump, it happens. First three games of 2020, I actually thought, take away the USF game, were pretty good. And then, of course, from there, after the COVID layoff, the Bearcats were unstoppable. And so, all of that, all the support that I've given him as a fan, you know, having called Bearcats football games, I called, you know, over 10 of those during my time at Cincinnati, covered a half dozen to a dozen more. I saw every single game Desmond Ritter played, I saw every snap he took. He got better and better and better as his career wore on. So, it would suck if he goes to Pittsburgh because then I'd be caught in a dilemma. I don't want to be that way. That's why Tennessee is great, because then we don't have to worry about that. I don't mind the Titans. The Bengals player this year, I'm going, Are you. Hope to see you there. Any team but Pittsburgh, because then it wouldn't be weird. It wouldn't waste the love and support that Cincinnati Bearcats fans have showed him over the last four years. And especially for people like me who are just as big as Bengal fans as Bearcats fans. Because I want to see every member of this draft class succeed. But it's more so Desmond Ritter. Because he's the quarterback. Because he was the epicenter of this program's build, ascension, to the college football playoff. I don't want to have to see him go to Pittsburgh. Now, I will, obviously, be happy for him. If he wins a Super Bowl. With Pittsburgh. I'd be happy for him. Because it's a Bearcats quarterback winning a Super Bowl. That's never happened. But the great thing about Ritter is, if he doesn't go early, which I don't think he will, he's going to go to a good franchise. The problem with going to Pittsburgh, though, is you have a lot of quarterbacks in front of him, in front of you there. Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. I'm not sure if Ritter can beat those guys out for the job. I think he'd have a great chance. I think he'd be given the opportunity to do so by the coaching staff. And let's not forget, Mike Tomlin has ties to Cincinnati. He was a member of the Bearcats coaching staff in the late 90s. So there's that. But if you go to Tennessee, like I said, Ryan Tannehill, I think his time there is on the decline. Logan Woodside? Eh. I, I think I would take Ritter over him. Because if you draft a quarterback in the first round, with the exception of Jordan Love, if you draft a quarterback in the first round, he's going to be on the field his rookie season, I believe. If you draft a quarterback in the top 10, his ass better be on the field week one because you clearly needed a quarterback. Remember when the Rams decided not to start Jared Goff for the first, what, 10 games? And then they finally inserted him and it's like, oh, you should have done that 10 games ago. And then the next year, the Rams win the division. It's a miracle how that happens. And it took the Texans uh, a bad first half to realize, yeah, Deshaun Watson's better than Tom Savage. I mean, look what that turned into. Sadly, that came to an end. Oh. Um, that's why, so it would be very weird to me if Desmond Ritter went to the Steelers. But there's hope now because there's that possibility that Tennessee's interested in drafting a quarterback and Ritter could be interested in playing for the Titans. I think that'd be a great match, as I've already explained. Up next, maybe the best case scenario for Sauce Gardner is that Derek Stingley Jr. gets drafted ahead of him. I'll explain why next, but first I need to tell you about Rock Auto, because that's what this episode is brought to you by. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for you to go to your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? Well, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They're, they have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Sauce Gardner, I, I've said throughout this week, is undeniably the best cornerback in, corner in this year's draft. However, the more I, I've thought about it and the more I talked to Caroline yesterday, perhaps the injuries to Derek Stingley Jr. are a reason why Sauce Gardner is number one on a lot of people, according to a lot of draft experts, but let's say Derek Stingley Jr. does get drafted ahead of Sauce Gardner, which I'm now aware is a very real possibility. Remember last week, I was like, "Ha, whatever." Yeah, you know what? There's some validity to that. Now, I'm still taking Sauce Gardner because of the injury thing with Stingley, but let's say a team drafts Derek, a team drafts Derek Stingley Jr. ahead of Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is actually used to something like this. He was the sixth corner on UC's depth chart going into the 2019 season. Under, he was a lowly three-star recruit from Detroit. Wasn't even in the top 150 in his class, I think. And now he's the best corner in the country. But Sauce Gardner, it's not like he's been blessed with this glorious life. Five-star recruit, commits to, you know, play. He's a starting corner week one. He's a, he's a consensus All-American. He's number one pick in the draft as a corner. It's not like he's that. He had to work his way up. From sixth on the depth chart to best corner in the country. He's been humbled already. And when you come from the Midwest... You know, the Midwest has an identity. Different parts of the country have different identities. And having come from the Midwest, you know, Midwest is all about toughness. It's about hard work. It's about being humble. am not saying other parts of the country are, are not about being humble, but that's what I think of when I think of a player that comes from the Midwest. Tough, works hard, is humble. They have a passion for the game. That's who Sauce Gardner is. So if if Derek Stingley Jr. gets drafted ahead of him, Sauce is going to take that personally. He will. And who and whoever does draft Gardner, that's their advantage. Because he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. And he can say all he wants that he's a team first player. But we know that he that he will have a chip on his shoulder. When something like that happens to a player and you take it personally, it never leaves you. Brady was this Brady was a sixth-round draft pick. And damn it, look at the quarterbacks who were taken ahead of him. Brady has never let that go. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team as a sophomore. His varsity basketball team as a sophomore. It never left him. That's how players are great. Sauce Gardner, if he's taken if he's taking the second cornerback off the board. You better believe he's going to come in hot. He's going he's gonna to come in with a chip on his shoulder. He's going to be tired of, oh, once again, number one corner draft from LSU, DBU. He's going to be tired of hearing it. That might be the best case scenario for Sauce Gardner. Here's another thing, too. It does have this kind of too-good-to-be-true feeling, right? Doesn't allow a touchdown throughout his collegiate career. Gets drafted as the first corner off the board. Isn't that somewhat of a too-good-to-be-true feeling? Remember, it's not like he came in this number one corner. He was sixth. You didn't even know his name until game five of that year. And heck, you didn't even, I mean, heck, you, you really didn't even know him until he had another pick six, three games, yeah, three games later. You certainly knew him after that year, freshman All-American. Oh, can he keep that going? Well, he did. Consensus All-American this year. Gardner's going to work that much harder if Stingley Jr. is drafted in front of him. I'm not saying Gardner's not the best corner in this year's draft class. I still think he is because I put an emphasis on being available. Remember how I wanted Burrow over Tua when Tua's ankle was bo- was hurting. Yeah, now, that was before Joe Burrow became Joe Shiesty. And the aura and legend of him grew. But I take into account injuries. And Sauce Gardner was healthy throughout his entire career. Stingley Jr. hasn't really seen the field a lot in his last two years. He's missed more games to injury than he's played. That should mean something to GMs and scouts. Now, there's talk out there, and Caroline mentioned this yesterday, Gardner is the safe pick over Stingley. Stingley might be the bolder pick. But I'm just saying that the best case scenario for Sauce Gardner, personally, I want him to go first corner off the board. You do too. But best case scenario might be, for him, might be that he's taken second. He'll work that much harder. He's made it to the NFL. Go into the NFL with a chip on your shoulder. Oh, he'll shine. You watch. And thank you for watching this edition of Lockdown Bearcats on our YouTube channel. Tomorrow, Russ Heltman back once again from all Bearcats and Sports Illustrated talking Bearcats in the draft. Looking forward to talking to him. Um, I was going to have John Garcia Jr. on Friday, but the timing did not work out. So uh, he will unfortunately not be on the show this week. But Friday, and I'm going to commit to doing this, and this is going to be hard, but I'll do it. Uh, I'm going to record Friday's show, like early Friday morning, because I want – the draft, I want it to be timely. I want to talk about the Bearcats who won in the first round. Um, what they're going to give the teams that drafted him. You know, maybe I'll share my thoughts on who the Bengals took in the first round. If they end up at least picking in the first round, which I think they will. So that'll be a lot of fun. And thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy. And former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcast. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's, N N A T I. You can follow me on Instagram, Alex Frank 9 underscore, or email me at alex3frank at gmail.com. That's all lowercase, alex the number three, frank at gmail.com. Don't forget, if you're watching on this, Uh, Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel to subscribe, like, and share a comment. And if you're downloading from any audio platform, Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher, to like, share, comment, and give it a rating, because all of that helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. I'm Alex Frank for the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow with Russ Heltman of all Bearcats and Sports Illustrated on draft day. Until then, have a great day, everybody.